In addition to taking care of one another inside the church, what if we developed a lifestyle of taking care of the most needy outside the walls of the church? How would that change the community and our city? Bob Moffat, president and founder of Harvest Foundation in Phoenix, Arizona, talks with pastors and leaders as they share their testimonials about how sacrificial love by those in the church to those in need outside the church has helped people see and embrace Jesus Christ. It's that demonstration of Jesus' greatest commandment that we'll hear more about today on The Kingdom and Its Stories. Welcome, everybody, on this Monday evening, Monday afternoon, drive time, uh, to The Kingdom and Its Stories, where, where we're going to be, where we interview um, pastors and leaders, church leaders, to talk to them about how they motivate, how they disciple their people to not only know what Jesus taught, but to be the hands and feet of Jesus in their daily lives, not just inside the walls of the church, but in every area of their lives, in their family, um, their neighborhood, in their, in their community, wherever they happen to be, to really live out the things that Jesus taught us to do. And that main thing that he taught us to do is to demonstrate his love. And that's the way we show our love for him is by demonstrating our love to others. Um, This afternoon, I have Michelle Duarte, who is originally from Brazil. And Michelle, welcome to The Kingdom and Its Stories today. And uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Tell us a little bit about yourself. You're from originally from Brazil. How did you end up in Phoenix? What's what's yeah, a so, what's a brief a brief story of that? Yeah, sure. So I was, I was born and raised in Brazil and I left Brazil um when I was eighteen and I was serving in a church plant in, in Turkey and that's how I met my wife. I met my wife in Turkey and she's from Arizona. So that's the very, very short version of how I ended up in the U.S. <laughs> because I met my wife, which, which was from Arizona in yeah. Turkey, and we ended up moving here many years later. Okay. But you were also a missionary in Paraguay, weren't you? Yes, yes. For a season I was in Paraguay and, yeah, in some other countries, too. And what were you, what were you doing in Paraguay and in Turkey? Were you church planting? Yeah, helping with, with church planting, with discipleship, with... Just coming alongside if there was an existing church, if not doing, you know, evangelism and just trying to reach people for Jesus, people who never heard of Jesus or in in the case of Paraguay, people who had an understanding about Christianity that was, you know, coming from uh, being mostly culturally Catholic, but not really people who didn't really know much about the gospel. Okay. All right. So what are you doing here in Phoenix? I'm planting a church. It's called Somos Church. It's a multi-ethnic, multicultural church here in Chandler. And we had the joy of starting right at the beginning of the quarantine. So our well, first meeting the, was the scheduled. Joy, the joy the of Sunday. starting at the beginning of quarantine? <laughs> How, yes, because who would want to plant a church during quarantine when you can't meet anyone in person? So it's been a crazy journey, but in a way, a very incredible journey too because we've seen God's hand through it all and for the past couple of Sundays we've been meeting in a in a city park 
and uh, that's being very special too. Like we're you know observing social distancing, but still able to worship together in a public park has been something special for us too. All right, good. I heard you were use two words um, that um, that Christians often use. One word was evangelism, and the other one was discipleship. And mm-hmm. very briefly, what's the distinction between those two? Okay, so evangelism is that initial introduction of, of like having people who, whatever their understanding is about Jesus and the gospel, is helping them understand more about Jesus and the gospel in a way that helps them move closer to Jesus and to becoming a follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Discipleship is when you help people uh, walk and grow in, in their in their you know faith in Jesus and as they're following Jesus as they walk with Jesus, then they, they grow in understanding how following Jesus affects every area of their life, like their work, their family, everything they do is shaped now by, you know, by the good news. So that's, that's the evangel- discipleship part of it. Okay, so, so tell me, um, does one come before the other? In a way, we always have to be... Um, retelling the gospel story and then evangelizing ourselves and other people. So I feel like they always come together. Okay. So I, I, yeah, I feel, I feel like even with the Jesus and his disciples, I feel like they started following him before he, they really understood who Jesus was. Mm-hmm. They were following him before right. they really understood what he was about. They were following him. So they were being both evangelized and disciple at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I, I think they go together. Okay. So, they go together, always together, or can sometimes, uh, depend on the context, one come before the other? I think depending on, on the context, depending on the people and how they see evangelism and discipleship, it's always easier to segment and break everything into sections. So a lot of people say, oh, you know, evangelism is purely telling people with words about Jesus. So we do this you know, at this time, at this day, at this place, and the other one, you know, it's like helping people grow in their walk with Jesus. We do it at this other place, at this other time, you know, and people can separate it, but I think they both go together. Okay. Ideally, they go together. Yeah. Um, But you're saying that sometimes, depending on the context, maybe one can come before the other. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. Okay. What is your vision for the church that you're planning? Our desire is to see a church that reflects, um, one, the diversity of the kingdom of God, which has people from, you know, all tribes and, and nations and tongues. Okay. And, and we see the diversity here in Arizona. We see the diversity where we live in Chandler. But we don't see that diversity so much in the churches. And I think part of the challenge is that a lot of the, the people that immigrate to this country, many of them end up, you know, they come from countries where Buddhism is the main religion or Islam or Hinduism. And they come into our nation and, you know, we think, oh, we have churches everywhere. But a lot of these people are not looking for a church. So right, right. our desire is to be a church that will be a witness to them so they can encounter Jesus in a way that, you know, that makes sense to them, is culturally sensitive and helps them uh, become part of the family of God um, in a way that they don't have to necessarily 
adapt to American Christianity in in the way how we see it, but like in a way that you know the gospel speaks to them in their culture and their context, even here in America. Okay, so so how do you? I mean, Muslims are not looking for a Christian group to affiliate with. Hindus are not looking for a church to associate with or become a part of. So in your church plant, how are how are you reaching out um, to people of other faiths? So the first thing is the relational aspect of it. We believe that, you know, Jesus, he comes into people's lives, I know, through a meal, through a conversation, uh, through walking alongside them or you know, you come into their home. So we believe that, you know, the relational aspect like leads the way in a way of serving and, and loving people and looking for ways for, for us. It's very important to look for ways to engage in what God is already doing in our city and the things that are happening, especially finding um, what is, uh, you know, the ways that we can come alongside um, what God is doing in our city and serving the needs of the city and loving our neighbors. So definitely like the idea of like coming alongside people and being present and loving them and being uh, consistent and coming, you know, week after week to to the coffee shop of your choice or choosing the barber shop or like sticking with people and, and being present and coming alongside them. And as you build that relationship, then you're able to to share um, uh, the hope that we have in Jesus and why why we're serving, you know, the homeless or why we're serving in whatever capacity we're serving, that what motivates us is the love of Jesus. Those For those of you who are listening and have just joined us um, and weren't with us at the beginning of our program, you're listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories, where we interview pastors and church leaders who are discipling their people to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And we're learning how they're doing that in their specific context. And today, we're um, we're interviewing uh, Mr. Uh, Pastor Duarte, who is a church planter in Chandler, Arizona. And um, so, Michelle, so glad that you've joined us today. And uh, you were just telling us about how you do that, uh, how you reach out to people who would not be looking for a church to encourage them to consider uh, who Jesus is and and the difference that he can make in our lives. So you gave us some generic examples. Can, can you give us an example, a specific example of a, of a story or two of how that is ap- actually happening in the church that you're planting? Yeah, I mean, everything is different right now than normal because of uh, you know the of quarantine and, yes. and, and the limited ability for people to gather but even through this time like even being able to like to volunteer with you know like with food distribution or like we've, we've done that um, a few of us from our church went and helped you know pack and, and deliver uh, food for people in in our community um, We've had like families that we know that were struggling that we you know reached out um, about like receiving help and, and just like even asking and just like be building trust enough where we can ask people, do you need help? Like, do you, are you okay? You know, a lot of people in this time now, you know, they wish they didn't need help. You know, a lot of people who never needed help needed help for the first time. Mm. 
So just being sensitive to to the needs of, of our neighbors and how we can best love them. And even like it, it may sound like not as as spiritual, but we feel like for us, even just being more present in the community has allowed us to build new relationships with the neighbors because people are hungry, not just for food sometimes, but they're hungry for interaction in this mm-hmm. season. Mm-hmm. So they're more open to talking and talking about deeper things because they're you know being faced with issues of death and sickness and so we've had some incredible opportunities to to pray with neighbors and talk with people just like from going around for walks and walking the dog and interacting with people in a way that we never had before because people are so much more open to talk about deeper things and talk longer instead of just walking by quickly with their headset you know their headphones on uh-huh yeah um, you're challenging me so that means I need to take my headset off when I'm walking through the neighborhood. <laughs> well, if you know, we I mean, if people have a headset on, some people won't say hi to you because they think I don't interrupt whatever you're listening. Right. But, you know, for us, we like we say hi to everyone. And we found that in the past two and a half months, people are way more open, not just to say hi back, but to stop and chat. Mm. And like we. Yeah, we've had so many amazing encounters with neighbors over the past two and a half months that we've never had of all the years we live in this area. Right. Yeah, I I I have a question, you know, for you. Um, it's mm-hmm. sort of a, um, a a mixture of a theological and a practical question, and and that is um, the motivation for stopping people to talk and talking to them. The motivation for serving people um, are um, I I know that some people see okay I'm doing this in order to bring them to the place of salvation in order to evangelize them which you know kind of sounds like manipulation um, is it legitimate to manipulate people to um, to be interested in Jesus? I I think if you think about Jesus, he, you know, for you know, there's several instances where he heals people, where he feeds people, where he talks to people who we don't know if they ever followed him afterwards. Mm-hmm. I, I think Jesus served people and loved people who many people who did not just not follow him afterwards but may have been there when they were shouting crucify him mm-hmm. so because if you had five thousand people being fed plus you know like you know all the other women and children and you know all the other instances where so many people were around him we know that a lot of people who he was loving them and sharing and talking to them and healing them and and you know touching them and like just being present there with them not all of them followed him. So I feel like Jesus sets the example that we should we should love our neighbor, we should love other people, uh, whether or not they decide to follow Jesus. And, you know, that that's not a bait and switch. It's not a, you know, we do this so that they can follow Jesus. So what I would think you, what, if we did that, it wouldn't be faithful to Jesus. So what would you say to those who do this with a, speci- with a specific motivation of of um, evangelism 
I would say, um, well, you know, <laughs> kindly in a, Trick, in a relational way, I would try question. to point out, yeah, I would be like, hey, you know, like, this is a very truncated view of the gospel. If you believe that you can just like do things so that people can believe in Jesus, like if you think you can give food away so that people, you know, will receive Jesus, I would always challenge people to see how did Jesus do it, right? How, how you know, what happened? You know, was it really... You know, Jesus was Jesus wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna heal you, but first let me let me tell you about this three steps to becoming my follower. <laughs> so it wasn't never like that. You know, he's you never see a single encounter. You know, he'll call people out, he'll he'll heal people, forgive people, he'll tell you know people your you know your sins are forgiven, pick up your 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 bed and and, and walk. And he he just like tells all his encounters with people. You never see this attitude of him like. Yeah, I'll do this if you do that. Right. You know, he will call people to repentance. He will. He will there's no doubt about it. He will call people to, you know, out of their blindness and challenge their idols and, and things. But at the same time, he's, he's that loving presence that, that's there. Whether people decide to follow him or decide to shout, crucify him. Hmm. That's a big, diametrically opposed uh, attitude. Follow him for what you can get shout crucify him or be attracted to who he is yeah and want to follow him because of who he is so what would you say michelle to to those churches who plan things as a means to an end i would say um think of think of uh people as more than souls Mm -hmm. I think part of the challenge, like even for me initially, my early years as a Christian, it was always like, we're just in, in the the job of getting, you know, people turned away from their way to hell. So all the, all we care is that, you know, they hear the, the good news, they say yes to Jesus, now our job is done, they're going to heaven, and we don't have to worry about it anymore. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I would say, look at people like Jesus was looking at people as, you know, a full person mm -hmm. that has... You know, has physical needs, has spiritual needs, has emotional needs, and and Jesus encounter all those different needs. He doesn't go just after one type of need. He's not, you know, if 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 this was, if we take that example of Jesus as the one that's like holistically, you know, looking at the whole person, going after them and meeting them where they're at, and talking about their their struggles of, you know, the woman at the well with how many husbands they had, she had, and all that. Like he, he is addressing all levels of of the of, he, of the, the person, you know, the personhood, mm -hmm. right? He's not mm -hmm. just coming after their soul and say, "Hey, here's the deal. I'm only here for five minutes to get a drink. Let's go straight to the point. Do you believe <laughs> that I am the Son of God? Yeah, right. Great. All right. See you. You know, done. Move on to the next. You know, I feel like it's almost like this wholesale evangelism or you know mentality that we can have. Do you, do you think that? Do you, to get to heaven. do you think that's that 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 sort of um, attitude of let's let's get let's get people saved. Um, that's the priority. Is that a problem in the American church? Well, I I, I don't know if you can speak about the whole American church, <laughs> okay. but I I can say like the Thank influence you. that yeah the influence that the you know the West and the American church has had even in Brazil and other places for many years was. You know the big crusade you know you come you tell them the truth 
and you know thousands of people raise their hands you move on to the next town job well done praise god great ministry wonderful we're done so i think that that has been like a inheritance that we've had even mm -hmm. in like in, in like our developing countries so i feel like you know that is something that we have to question and say was it really a job well done was it the, was it the whole job yeah. <laughs> you know i feel like the whole idea of just beginning getting the itch you know for people to oh yeah now they raised their hand they said they're interested in jesus but what happens after like in, in the amazon jungle i got the opportunity to do some traveling in the amazon and i remember you know people saying that in the villages and the, in the tribes how the missionary boats would come every season every every you know year during the season where all the boats travel down doing ministry mm -hmm. mission yes and every boat would come and and you know preach the gospel and ask people to raise their hands and they all would raise their hands you know next week the new boat would come by and they'll do the same thing you know 10 however many times each boat came and, and someone asked them why do you do that every time oh we do that because it seems it makes them happy and excited so we, we, we raise our hands every time wow yeah <laughs> Yeah, I you know, for more than 40 years I've been traveling the world and unfortunately I see that heritage in coming from many of the Western emphases and missionaries that, that we've been concerned only about proclamation and in um, getting souls saved as opposed to the main task that Jesus gave us, which was discipling. And yeah. discipling is not only teaching what Jesus taught, but teaching them to obey. And what he, what obedience means, the main area of obedience, I think, theologically, is found in the great, not in the Great Commission, but the Great Commandment, which is yeah. to love our neighbor. And it's, and people coming to Christ often is a byproduct of our obeying the command to love our neighbor. Mm. And uh, and so instead of seeing, you know, conversion as the objective, I wonder if we don't need to see it more as a byproduct of living the way that Jesus called us to live, mm -hmm. which is a life of love. Um, yeah. I, I want to ask you a question. Um and uh, this personal question, and I know that many of us are don't like to answer those personal questions because the answer is may feel like bragging, but I don't mean that in a bragging sense. Just as an example of what it means to to demonstrate God's love, uh, uh, tell us what you do. How do you? What are some examples of how you have been? the hands and feet of Jesus? Uh, so some of the more recent examples is just being um, one of our neighbors, her husband, you know, was, was going to have heart surgery. So just like stopping and talking to her and praying for them and saying, hey, we're praying for you. Do you need anything? And usually just means our kids pick up their newspaper when they're gone. <laughs> Mm -hmm. But, you know, it also means like talking about life and death issues. Mm -hmm. um, and also meant like for us, following up with a, with a single mom that we knew and, you know, asking, how are you doing? Things are all closed. Like, you know, you're out of work. 
do you need help? And you know, the, the journey from like, no, I'm fine to no, actually I could use, I could use some help and mm. being able to, you know, for, you know, back the church to take her uh, food for, you know, the time that she needed. And then, you know, seeing like after a couple of times and how she's like, no, things are opening back up. I have work again. Thank you. That was, that was great. Appreciate it. But now I don't need the help anymore. Mm. So those, those are some of the, the things I've experienced recently. Good. Thank you for that example. And I think that um, as we close the program, I would just like to to remind all of us who are listening together that the task that Jesus calls us to is being his hands, doing what he would do, being his feet, going where he would go. Thank you for listening to The Kingdom and Its Stories, and we welcome you back. Encourage you to come to us again next week at this time. God bless you. Jesus defines discipleship as come and follow me. Next Monday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360, we'll hear another testimonial from a leader demonstrating how they and the people of the church are sacrificially loving the needy and beginning to see real change in their community. Today's testimony of God's love not only inspires us, but now we ask God how he wants us to demonstrate his love in a similar way with others in the church towards our neighbors. Also consider sharing the kingdom and its story with others through the media tab at harvestfoundation.org.